0: Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Hey folks, welcome to Full Count Chaos, where I host a show about a shitty baseball team. Today on the show, I'll be having on oil fans who bought season tickets to ask them why. If you want to reach out to me, feel free anytime, fullcountchaos at gmail.com, or send me a message on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever's easiest for you. Hey, by the way, Jeremy Kahn from 105.7 The Fan will be calling into the show in a couple weeks to talk baseball and whatever else we usually talk about. I don't know, day drinking, relationships, how it is to keep a marriage going. We don't know. We don't know what we're going to talk about, but I'm sure it will have to do with Orioles baseball, so that'll be fun. Okay, before I remind you how bad the Orioles are, I'm trying to figure out if Gary Thorne is getting worse in his old age announcing games or I'm just paying more attention, knowing half the calls he makes are just completely asinine. We've known this for years. It's not a new thing. It's got to be getting worse, right? I mean, how long can he go on announcing games like this? When he's calling games, I swear I can sometimes hear the ice hit the glass as he's sipping his scotch and soda. And I know it's not exactly funny trying to blame someone for drinking on the job, but holy shit, Thorne. What are you looking at when you're calling these games? The dude is damn impressive when calling hockey games. And maybe that's why he just gives about, I don't know, 84% when calling a baseball game. Because he's so damn bored. There's even a few Twitter accounts called Drunk Gary Thorne and Gary's Drunk. And people sometimes post hashtag Gary's Drunk again during the games. So obviously everyone knows he's not exactly always on point when calling games. I understand not everyone will be perfect when announcing games, but Gary is just on a completely different level with his calls. Pitcher throws a high fastball, almost hits the batter's nose, and Thorne starts talking about what a great low changeup that was. Palmer and Bordick are, of course, professionals, and you know they're not going to say on national TV, "Uh, no, Gary, that was a 99-mile-per-hour fastball, you moron. But they must just be sitting there wondering what in the hell he's looking at And the funniest thing I've heard Thorne say (laughs) was calling Albert Pujols retarded. Going down to third base. Nice play, Machado. He'll make the throw over. Pujols is retarded. Pujols is retarded. Pujols is retarded. He's just an old school guy who calls it like he sees it. Not how it happened. How he sees it. The producer must be in his ear at least once or twice a game. Trying to help with his mistakes, he says on the air. But Thorne probably just holds up his middle finger to the producer in the booth next to him. Letting him know this is his island. He doesn't need assistance. Producer looks over at Gary, sipping his Baileys and coffee. I bet between innings, Gary's like, hey, Jim, you know, late in the game as he's been drinking, he's like, hey, Jim, you want to take a shot every time the oils strike out? Palmer, of course, is like, hell no. I'd love to go out and drink with Gary because he looks like he'd be a happy drunk. He would be that guy who puts his arm around you while putting you in a headlock, telling you how happy he is hanging out with you guys. I'm so glad I came out with you guys. <laughs> Having a good time. Friends of mine actually met Gary Thorne in Boston. They said he was a very cool guy. Just acts like one of the guys shooting the shit with him. I love Gary. Though a lot of fans don't care for him. Knowing he you know, celebrates every home run no matter which team hits the ball. Baltimore wants a uh, a homer so bad. We've wanted one for years. I guess you could say Jim Palmer is. But he's just a hype man. That used to bother me too. But for some reason it just doesn't anymore. I've accepted the fact that. That Gary enjoys calling games, and anytime an exciting play happens, he's going to get excited. But if Gary Thorne is calling games in the next five to ten years, I'll be there. Because it's going to be damn funny hearing him try to call balls and strikes at the age of 80. Oh, Gary Thorne, here's to you, brother. All right, uh, someone wrote into the show about Chris Davis. And the attendance, I appreciate that. Again, anytime, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. I love getting you guys involved. Max from Habit of Grace, Maryland said, he found my podcast on Facebook and likes the energy and humor. I appreciate that. Thank you, Max. He says, Davis is not only awful swinging the bat, but doesn't get in front of the ball while playing defense and is playing like a player who shouldn't even be in the majors says, how much longer do we have to watch this? He also asks, and then I was curious on why you think the attendance last Monday reached the lowest ever in Camden Yards history. He says, it seems like fans don't show up to Camden Yards much anymore. Again, appreciate the email. I'll start with the attendance question. All right, first off, they just stink right now. They're a terrible team. Nobody wants to watch this crappy team playing 40-degree weather. The errors and mistakes they made during the Blue Jay series – Looked like a remake of Major League the movie. Well, you may run like Mays, but you hit like shit. I get it's only April, but we've seen this movie before. We know how it ends. The lineup has been the same way since 2015, and it's not fun watching record-breaking strikeouts. It's boring. I went Wednesday night. There was 10,000 fans there, and it was boring. It was cold out. Same old deal. Get maybe one or two base runners on, and then strikeout, strikeout, pop out, ending over. But no matter what blog you're reading and what radio station you're tuned into, I don't think there's one obvious answer about the attendance. But I do think it has a lot to do with the times, and I've said this too. I think it's a couple things. All the apps, all the high-def 4K 60-inch TV people have in their house now, sometimes three, four televisions in their home, surround sound in their man cave. You know, with all the access you have now to watch the game on your phone with your 4K high-def TV, it just doesn't seem like people have that drive to run down to the stadium and spend all that money to watch a team strike out 12 times a game. I've also heard a lot of people say they, they just don't feel safe going downtown Baltimore anymore. And what's happened the past few years with the violence and the riots? I mean, that's any city, but whatever, I get it. Look, they're just not a fun team to watch right now. And they've been this way for a few years, and there hasn't been any changes made. I hate to say it, but sometimes in sports you just need to hear a different voice to motivate you and shake things up. Talking about Buck Showalter. I love Buck. Everybody loves Buck. Has his time run out? What about Scott Coolball, the hitting coach? I know he's not up there swinging. I'm not always for just firing managers and coaches, but sometimes changes do need to happen. This team has fallen asleep, man, and sometimes you need to rattle some cages to wake them the fuck up. But yeah, I hear you, man, about Chris Davis. He is just in a major, mysterious funk playing the game of baseball right now, and unfortunately, unless another team wants to pick up that massive contract, we're just going to have to hope he finds a way to pull his head out of his ass, which I don't think he ever will at this pace. He doesn't seem like he can look at the ball and determine whether it's a slider or a fastball or a changeup. I really don't get it about Chris Davis. I don't think anyone else does. Jason Lockenfora said it best. He said he's shattered. He is completely broken. And when I said last week I'm done talking about him, it's mainly because I have no fucking clue what happened to the guy. Talking about Chris Davis, obviously, not Jason Lockenfora. Typically, players who are just in a funk... ESPN or MLB Network will have a segment and break it down on what he's doing different with his swing and why he's not driving the ball. But they don't even touch that shit with a 10-foot pole. They have no idea either what's going on. Nobody does. Did you see him try to bunt the other night against the Blue Jays? <laughs> Holy hell. He held the bat like a lacrosse stick goalie, swung the bat around, and just cued the ball back to the pitcher. And that was with two strikes. Manny was laughing at him when he walked back to the dugout. He was the only one laughing. I can tell you nobody else was. I don't think anyone knows how to fix this problem. Again, he's shattered. Ever since he got caught with his Adderall, quote-unquote Adderall, he lost it. When are we going to stop saying this is a coincidence? Once he got busted with Adderall, he shit the bed. I mean, we don't really know 100% what went on there, but Come on, that's really the only thing that makes sense of what's going on here. Then this week, rockabacco post posts, you know, Chris Davis said he doesn't like the booze from the fans, but he gets it. <laughs> Here's my thoughts on booing. I absolutely have no problem with it whatsoever. I understand a lot of people out there say, well, then go root for another team. Or these guys are trying hard and we should cheer for them because we're their fans. All right, look, I'm a grown man. If I want to buy a ticket and go boo somebody, I, I will. People are like, well, they're people, too. I I know. These guys are making more money than most of you would see in 20 lifetimes. We are the reason they are millionaires, buying tickets and jerseys and whatever else they overcharge us on. And yeah, we're stupid enough to buy it. So a guy making 100 times more than me a year is sucking at his job. I don't feel sorry for him when I hear people boo. Big deal. Now, just because these guys are millionaires doesn't mean we should feel entitled to say whatever we want to these guys. and. Constantly boo them every bad play, errors, strikeouts, giving up grand slams. Those things happen in baseball all the time. It's just part of the game. We get it. That's part of baseball. I don't believe in booing every time a bad play is made, but if a player continues to suck ass at his job over and over dramatically, start booing. You guys suck. When I complain about Yankee fans booing Stanton, that's because that motherfucker has a track record of being the best power hitter in baseball. Yes, he strikes out a lot, and we know that. But he's having a tough couple weeks in a spotlight he's never experienced before. Give him a break. But again, I know that's Yankee fans. I also think a lot of the booing towards Davis is directed at Buck. Dan Duquette, I think fans are just booing whoever can hear him for continuing to put him in spots in the lineup he has no business being in. Again, I'm not saying it's okay to tell these guys to lick your nut to the ballpark just because these guys are rich. I'm just saying a bunch of guys playing a kid's game making a shit ton of money I'm sure can handle some booze if they play bad. And Chris Davis right now, year after year, he's getting worse and worse, and it's just really, it is not fun at all watching him just strand base runners on. Every now and then I get it. He'll hit a home run. He'll get a hit. But that is so sad that your $161 million man might get a base hit every now and then, and people are like, all right, all right, I'm proud of him. Good job, Davis. I'm proud of you. <laughs> you know what happens to your average person at their average job when they suck at their job? They get fired. Speaking of ESPN and, and Baseball Network, <laughs> by the way, doing segments, maybe they should do a segment on Ryan Flaherty. <laughs> Why all of a sudden now... Can he hit the ball? And that's what they should do this segment. Why Ryan Flaherty can now hit the ball. Holy crap, man. This guy was like the National League player of the week. <laughs> Did you see this shit? His batting average was 414 earlier this week. <laughs> the guy's, and then tonight, I'm I'm uh, uh, recording the podcast Friday night right now. He's like three for four. I just looked. <laughs> and the playing. Oh, my God. Speaking of ex-Orioles, we got to see Steve Pierce lighting up O's pitching this week. Hitting home runs, line drives, making great catch. I've always liked Steve Pierce. From 2007, he's changed teams nine times. Nine times. Nine times. (laughs) Hey, the guy's getting paid. Good for him. You know, if you can get paid millions of dollars to do something you love, fuck it, do it. Nine, ten, twelve, eighteen times. I don't care. If you pay me, I'm playing. The offense has been pretty bad. To start off the season. Alright, I know everyone's like, just calm down everyone. It's just April. But it's really, really bad. Like, awful bad. Orioles lead the majors with strikeouts per game at 11 so far in 2018. They had a streak going last week with 10 strikeout games, 7 games in a row. I don't think any club has ever done that. I th- I'm pretty sure, and of course I don't have... The number in front of me but, but I think that's <laughs> they broke a record I know that's a, a, a Orioles record I should have dug a little deeper to see if that was a, a Major League Baseball record the Orioles are 23rd in batting average on balls and play but they're 25th in hard contact percentage and ranked 27th in line drive percentages not great They seem like they don't care about pushing the base runners over. They don't care about taking walks. All they want to do is try and compete with each other who can hit the furthest home run. Now, I don't know 100% if that's true, but that's what it looks like. They all have to put their shoes back on after swinging the damn ball. This isn't just a funk. These pitchers know how to pitch to this team now. All speed pitches is all you need to know how to throw. You'll keep this team one run max per game, most likely. Two games in one week, I received no-hitter notifications pitching against the Orioles. I was getting tired of that. I was watching the game, but I was getting so sick of getting these app alerts. Talking about how the Orioles, uh, there's a no-hitter against them right now. They don't adjust to any pitcher. And they continue to swing the same way, whether it's an 85-mile-per-hour pitch or a 105-mile-per-hour pitch. Looks like they're playing wiffle ball. (laughs) Just frustrating to watch. There's a lot of Oriole writers out there, excuse me, that I like to read, like Rock, Dan Conley, Steve Molesky, and they've all been breaking down stats that are just terrible to read. Not their articles, (laughs) the stats I'm talking about. It's like the news these days. I don't want to watch it because it's just damn depressing, and I'm reminded what a shit show everything is. Dan Conley's latest blog broke down some numbers. They Let me pull these up. Oh, Jesus. They've been outscored 23 runs, which it says here the worst in the American League. And it's third worst in the majors. The Marlins and Reds are down there. They're just a terrible team, too. In the uh, Orioles' five games at home this year, they've been no-hit twice heading into the eighth. The Orioles have been out-homered at home 11-3. I get it. Everyone's like, well, it's cold, so their balls aren't going out. What about the other teams that are hitting home runs? (laughs) There's no excuse for them. They're actually hitting it out of the ballpark. In their first 12 games of the season, eight times they have scored three runs or fewer. Six times, two runs or fewer. Again, not good. Not good baseball. And that's why fans are frustrated. And that's why you're not filling 40,000 fans in the stadium when it's 40 degrees. Like I said, I went there Wednesday night. It dropped down to about 45 degrees. I was freezing my ass off. I was bored. I was with three other people. If I was by myself or even just with one other friend, by the seventh inning, I probably would have been like, let's go. I- I'm ready to go. Scope, he looked like shit too at the plate, but I know he will come around soon. He- he's too damn good. You know, he- He's a great hitter. He had a couple clutch hits against uh, the Blue Jays on Wednesday when I was there. And Wednesday night was the first game I was there. I, I'm- I was the second row. Uh, Right on the uh, home side dugout, right behind the net. And I'm okay with the net, by the way. I know a lot of people complaining, but I've been sitting in those seats for years. And if you've ever had a fly ball zip by your head, or you've seen, I saw a kid next to me get hit with one. He was pretty banged up. I'm okay with it. Perfectly fine with that net there. But earlier this week, Scope was hitting 189 with one homer, one RBI, one walk, 16 strikeouts, and 53 at-bats. Three for his last forty at bats. That's not good. <laughs> he's also zero for twelve with runners in scoring position earlier today. I think that was before Wednesday. Now, if you want to look at the bright side of things for a quick two seconds, there's there's not much bright side right now. Uh, we can look at Bundy and Cashner. Bundy looks fantastic. I know he's frustrated because he knows he should have at least ha- he should at least have two wins right now. Probably three. But unfortunately, the offense just didn't show up. Shit the bed. After three games pitched by Bundy, 20 innings, 25 strikeouts, with a 135 ERA. I like it. He looks great. Cashman looks great and definitely should have had the win the other night against the Blue Jays. Seven shutout innings. But again, the offense didn't show up. Shocker. Cobb starts Saturday in Boston. I'm excited to see that. If he doesn't have a good outing, he definitely gets a pass. First game of the season in Boston against a red-hot offense at their home. Good luck, by the way. And I'll be curious to see if Buck has a pitch count limit on Cobb when he starts. If (laughs) if he's pitching a no-hitter and he's at 100 pitches in the seventh inning, what does Buck do? You know, and I say that hopefully that's a decision Buck will have to be in because that would mean that we're in a good situation with Cobb, which would probably mean we're tied zero to zero, though. (laughs) Now, I told you the bright side was going to be about two seconds. Christopher Tillman, he is a complete waste of a glove and hat. You know, I remember uh, last week, Dempsey said he'll, he'll need at least eight starts to get on a roll. No fucking way the O should let him trot out there eight more times. I get it. I'm sure we'll see him out there another two or three more times just because the options out there aren't exactly bright. Think about if they didn't sign Cobb right now. You got Mike Wright, Chris Tillman, Kevin Galsman, and then you're just counting on Bundy and Kaschner to to do well to hopefully get you a couple wins a week. I mean, now that Cobb's coming in, again, you you got two, three pitchers that you can really count on, hopefully. At this point, I would definitely rather see Mike Wright go out there than Tillman. Uh, Right now, I'm actually watching the game. Mike Wright came in uh, about an inning or two. (laughs) He did okay, I guess. Whatever. At least he didn't give up four runs after throwing eight pitches. Tillman is winless in his last 21 starts and has an ERA over 11 right now. (laughs) Uh, And Tillman's 11 innings. I'm just kind of reading this right now. I'm jotting down some notes. In 11 innings this season, he surrendered 15 runs, 22 hits, walked 10 batters with only three strikeouts. And he's a millionaire, folks. I get he had a good year in 2016. But there is no sign that he's going to be getting better. Ross Grimsley, he tweeted out tonight. This is what he said. He said, painful to watch Tillman. No life on the ball. Poor command, rolling breaking ball, and then he ends it with, had some good years for the O's, but just has lost it. Sorry to see it, but it happens. I guess basically in a, in a polite way, Ross Grimsley was saying, it's over. Hang it up. I mean, even Ross is calling it like it is. Now, Bordick, on the other hand, would just be talking about how much he likes seeing Tillman give 100% and how he's just been one pitch away from getting out of the inning, <laughs> my God, Mister Palm Palm, woo! You know, I, I a lot of Orioles fans want a homer to announce the games and and get you know a little upset when they're not doing well, but Mike Bordick, I don't know, he's just a whole different kind of homer, just a little too extreme on the cheerleading squad. Now, again, the Orioles they're they're so boring to watch. Even Boston fans were getting bored; they were starting to chant, "Yankees suck." Now, if you're not putting two and two together, Red Sox, they weren't playing the Yankees tonight. The <laughs> Yankees were not in Boston. The Orioles are such a boring team, even the opposing fans just get tired of watching it. You know, Boston is playing out of their freaking minds right now, and I know things will settle down, hopefully. I mean, they beat the Yankees 14-1 to the other night, 6-0 to Thursday night. Dodgers, Yankees, and Red Sox are the top three teams in the league who spoke who spent the most money on salaries this year? And so far the Red Sox are getting their money's worth, without a doubt. So the Yankees and Boston rival, <laughs> which it's hey, it's starting to remind me of the old rival back in the day when you know they would throw at each other every other pitch after each game. <laughs> most players would have bruises and dings and bloody noses and busted lips. You know, this week I'm sure you heard Boston and Yankees benches clearing, starting a, a shoving bonanza. Happened twice, same game. I don't know. The bench is emptied top of the third inning. I mean, the, the the first time it emptied, it wasn't a big deal. Boston shortstop Brock Holt became a little pissed off because his vagina got hurt when Austin made an aggressive slide into second. I get you're not supposed to slide into second base aggressively these days. That's the word they kept using aggressively because you know they made that new rule. But but apparently Brock said something to him about it for whatever reason calls both dugouts to clear. Nothing happened, just a bunch of players with their I'm-gonna-beat-your-ass expression on their face while shoulder-shoving everyone. So what happened? Boston reliever Joe Kelly comes in late in the game, of course, and hits Tyler Austin in the back with a 97-mile-per-hour fastball. I don't care how tough you think you are, that shit hurts. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Austin winds up I think, throwing his bat down, charges the mound, He and Kelly start throwing little baby punches at each other. I'm telling you, baseball players always throw weak-ass punches. Fighting is definitely not in their blood. And I get it. You know, guys like Odor, maybe some other guys I can't think of off the top of my head, they have fighting in their blood. They know what it's like to throw a punch. But when baseball fights break out, it it reminds me of fights I used to see break out at a college party where everyone just keeps saying, bro, 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 don't touch me, bro, bro, bro. (laughs) <laughs> and then someone might get the nerve to swing at someone, but it looks more like if someone threw a ball with their left hand, <laughs> really right-handed, and then everyone just starts tackling each other, you know, while still yelling, bro, 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 get off him, bro, get off him, bro. I can think of maybe a, a few baseball brawls in my lifetime, remembering guys just getting laid out. Of course, Orioles and Yankees, 1998. I mean, that <laughs> that one comes to mind right away. Look that one up on YouTube. Kids, if you haven't seen a good brawl, check that one out. Yankees-Orioles, 1998. That fight looked as if the UFC had a Royal Rumble. Right in the middle of the steroid era. That's what was fun. Punched a juiced up dude swinging on each other with swollen arms and legs. Oh, shit. Another thing you should look up, if you get bored one day, you should Google before and after steroid sports players. That's entertaining. Like they're, you know, rookie season, they look like Chris Rock. And then two seasons later, they look like Mike Tyson walking around. Explain that one, not using the word steroids. (laughs) They all look like they were wearing size medium jerseys. And I've always said, I I think steroids is great for the game. Let them take it and hit 500 foot bombs. (laughs) More fights, bigger plays, harder home runs. Everyone walking around out there with a chip on their shoulder from the roid rage. I think it'd be fun. Just stop testing for steroid for five years and see what kind of ratings it brings to baseball. You may be surprised how much you enjoy it. I know drugs are bad. We teach kids not to do it, but we don't have to say anything. Just let it slide under the radar. Remember how much fun it was watching the games back in the day like Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. Shit, who else? We got Barry Bonds, Brady Anderson. Holy hell, those were the fun juice days. Miss those days. I know most people get offended saying, that's not true, baseball. Okay, well, you take steroids and see if you can still hit an 85-mile-per-hour slider. Doesn't help hand-eye coordination there, tough guy. Just more fun when they line the pitch up and crush the living shit out of the ball. It's probably why the league juiced the balls these days, knowing that, you know, would help since they test for roids. And anyone who says the balls are not juiced up is in major denial. Even pitchers lately have complained to the league that they, they feel something's different with these baseballs, with the way they feel. Justin Verlander and David Price, a couple guys, they, they've they been complaining about how the ball feels. They think the balls are juiced. And normally I'd say it's just some you know pitchers who are getting older complaining because their fastball has dropped a couple miles per hour. If you remember, Justin uh, Verlander put out a tweet in March, and I pulled up the tweet because I couldn't remember, but he said, all I'm saying is I don't care if balls are juiced. Seriously. Seriously. We're all using the same ball, so it's a fair field. My issue is I don't like being lied to. Okay, well, I, I was wrong there. I guess he doesn't care, but he just doesn't want to be lied to from the league. He says, I knew something was different. Century-old records are being broken and numbers are skewed. And he's not kidding, man. The home run record was crushed. And again, this is not breaking news. I'm just laughing, saying this is <laughs> that the league... Since they can't allow steroids, I guess they're trying to think of another option, and there you go, juice up the balls. Now, you may have seen this article that came out about a month ago from 538.com And they looked at the numbers, and they decided to actually dig in, research themselves, what in the hell is going on here. Because in 2000, during the Roid era, uh, the players hit 5,693 home runs that season. Again, that was like smack dab in the middle of the steroid era. Uh, I guess a little towards the end, but in 2017, last year, 6,105 home runs were hit, obviously breaking the record, and during the year, people said that it would never be broken due to the fact that the league is very strict with drug testing, and then there they have it. (laughs) They break it by a lot. Could be due to global warming. That's what I thought. So then I looked back, too. I wanted to see what the pitching ERA was back in 2000 because maybe the pitching was a lot better. Maybe in 2017, the pitchers just absolutely stunk it up. But in uh, 2000, the ERA was 4.77, and in 2017, the ERA was 4.36. So it wasn't like, again, 2017, pitchers were awful. So this article, they dove in head first. They did x-rays of the baseballs. They cut them open. They dissected the hell out of them. But basically, they came to find out parts of the ball showed slight differences in density and volume, and the most dramatic change was to the core of the baseball, they said. And they said it's just not that the inside of the ball looks different. They said the chemical composition of the cores appears to have changed as well. Hope I'm not putting you guys to sleep here. I think it's interesting. I mean, you know, why wouldn't they do this? It says less dense cores could mean lighter baseball. The cores of the new balls weighed on average about .5 grams less than the cores from the old group. This difference was statistically significant, which means it's highly unlikely that it was due to sampling error. So basically what they're saying is the balls that they tested, they wanted to make sure. Maybe it was just a fluke, but it wasn't. And again, I don't blame the league. (laughs) If you're not going to allow people to use steroids, which again, you know, what sport does allow that? for WWE, but is that really a sport? That's actually something I'm going to ask Jeremy Kahn about. Not just WWE, but a lot of uh, sports out there. Whether or not they're athletes, that'll be fun. So, you know, going back to the Orioles, I don't know. Again, it's April. But again, I know they say you can't win a pennant in April, but you sure can lose one. And the Orioles are on their way to just screwing up their season. It's not too late. All right, Cobb's going to be coming in the lineup. We need Zach Britton back for sure. Brock still scares the hell out of me. I mean, the offense can't suck this bad. I keep saying the good news is it can't get any worse, and then the next day it does. <laughs> so, I don't know what the hell is going to happen. They just lost to Boston tonight. I'm looking over. I, I don't know what the score is. I don't even want to look. I know they were losing 7-3. to And is there a final score on the Orioles game? Like, you know, I'm saying this like it's live. Yeah, they lost 7-3. to But anyway... Uh, Don't forget, again, in a couple weeks, Jeremy Khan's going to be calling in. We're going to be having fun talking shit about the Orioles. But I'm hoping by the time he comes on with Cobb in the lineup, it'll fire up some other pitchers. The offense will come around. Maybe we can start winning three, four, five in a row. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of you just laughed hearing that, knowing how tough it is just to win one. But you never know. Again, don't forget, you can reach me anytime, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. If you want to talk about it, I would definitely read about it. On the show. Again, fullcountcast at gmail.com. As always, thank you very much for taking the time to tune in. Till next time, see you